You're listening to the Life Reborn Podcast with your host, Jacqueline Page. Join me as I share my journey of returning to my authentic self by shedding labels and stigmas that are prominent in today's society. It is my hope that through sharing my story, you find guidance and wisdom to live a more empowered and meaningful life. Thank you for tuning in today. It is such an honor to share this space with you. Hello, Radiant Beings, and welcome back to the Life Reboard podcast. I am Jacqueline Page, your host here, and I am so excited to share this episode with you. I take a deep dive into my birth story, and I share this story with my doula, Rachel West, who was a part of this really magical journey of having the most serene hospital birth that I ever could have imagined. And just to give you a little backstory, with my first birth, I had planned a home birth and we had to have a hospital transfer and I ended up having a C-section and I had a lot of trauma around my first birth. I had trauma with the lack of control that I had, obviously, because you cannot control birth. And I had some, you know, not very pleasant experiences with some hospital staff in transferring and it just put such a negative tone and energy with me that I, I realized that I I had a lot of healing to do from my first birth to when I was ready to conceive another child and so much of my experience in this magical radiant birth was, was the result of tuning in, sitting with my grief, acknowledging my trauma, my pain, my sorrow, and allowing me to, to move through it and not allow it to get stuck through me. And because of my first birth, it was such a propeller force of me standing in my truth, advocating for my needs and really, really being able to, to stand firm on, on what I wanted and why I wanted it. And, and knowing that to be true to myself. And this episode is just beautiful. I laughed. I cried. It was Um, it was really wonderful being able to relive that moment. And I hope that you find some wisdom or some enlightenment in this episode. So however you listen to your podcast, this is a little bit of a longer episode. So maybe grab a cup of tea or coffee or get cozy and just revel in the magic of this episode. So I don't really have like an itinerary. I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, just, I guess what came to mind when I thought about and reflected on how I want to share my birth story is whenever we first had um, the postpartum Mm -hmm. mother blessing that you came to and I just shared and let it, let it flow. Yes. And, um, I just wanted you to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm I was grateful. like, I reflected and I was like, Jeremy, 
I want to record this with Rachel. Is that okay with you? He's like, please, yes. I think that that'll be a good person to reflect with your story. <laughs> and he played such a powerful and pivotal did. role, too. He did. He did. I just think it's yeah. more out of his comfort zone yeah. to, to sink into that kind Absolutely. of conversation. Yeah. I'm just grateful he was he had, had that experience and was yeah. able to step into that space so Me beautifully. Me too. I think it was um, so healing for both of us. Good from you know where we came from Williams birth yeah. and the trauma and the pain that we both held on to yeah. um, from that first birth and honestly I think that that's where my birth story starts is is doing the healing you know really giving myself the time and space to honor that I was nowhere near ready to receive another child into my body into our family unit, I think that both of us needed to do some some reflecting and healing on that. And and even him, you know, with for those of you who aren't familiar, my first birth was a home birth transfer and I ended up needing a C-section. And I think that for Jeremy being on the outside witnessing what everything that was ex- I was experiencing, um, it was it was a lot for him and he was not ready to be able to be in that kind of space again. Yeah. I mean, to feel almost powerless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's hard. And I'm sure it was, you know, a lot more different, like watching it rather than being in That's it. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a feeling of almost helplessness, you know, or it's your person. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so I think that a part of me was almost wanting to be in this victim mode of, I've done all this healing. Why can't you do the healing so that I can give birth where I want? And over and over the message was, it's not about where you give birth. Uh-huh. It's about overcoming this mindset. And that that's truly what it was. Uh-huh. I had to feel at peace no matter where I was going to be giving birth. Right. And to be quite honest, I, I could not have come up with and envisioned a more magical birth than what we had and so that was like my exact intention was I never visualized in all the hypnobirthing that I had done and the meditations I never visualized what I quote-unquote wanted yeah I visualized the energy that I wanted to feel and that's what I was able to embody it's so powerful because you know there are so many things that, that are out of, um, you know, our control sometimes in, in labor, right? But what is our in our control is, you know, the the respect that we have for ourselves, the respect that we demand others have for us, and, yeah. you know, the intention into what what we want to feel yes. right? and how we want to feel. That and that's something we can control. I think that's what was so important to me and um, why I felt like, one, I need to do my inner work on – healing the trauma that I had in the, in the birth setting. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the hospital setting, because in our transfer, we were not received well in our first birth. The the nurses were very condescending. Mm -hmm. They were very cold. I feel like they objectified me and Mm -hmm. didn't talk to me like a person. And they would even talk about my birth plan in such a condescending way when they were doing their shift change. And it just felt so, disheartening yeah. I'm like this is exactly why I didn't want a birth right. in a hospital right. and it would just it just validated the fears that I was having absolutely and so I had to do a lot of inner work about 
talking through that with my provider, talking through that with my partner, talking through that with you as a doula who is going to be in this birth setting with me. Yeah. And honestly, when Jeremy and I did the interview with you, I was like, yes. Like, there's not even a conversation that needs to be gone further. He, both of us felt, like, just so intimately connected with you right away. I, I think it was at this divine this divine plan for I, you to be there. I felt it, too. And, you know, it's, it's such a blessing, too, for us to have also cultivated a relationship prior, you know, yeah. and to have been able to watch that relationship and, and be a part of that relationship really, really blossoming and to get to know your family, you know, more yeah. intimately as well as... It's a great honor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being there. Yeah. <laughs> and continuing to be there. Of course. Always. Yeah. So, oh, where to begin? It's been a journey. I think even the pregnancy, I started off with a provider mm-hmm. that, you know, in the city is quote unquote a crunchy OB. Right. And um, I don't know. Jeremy and I both felt disconnected. She wasn't in every appointment. I had had like three appointments and she was not in any of those. There was already, I was already spotting at the beginning. There was already starting off like with this, I don't know, fear mindset almost. And then they thought I had a bicornate uterus or a fibroid. And there was just miscommunication with the doctor's office and myself. And it just, it felt like I wasn't being supported in the way I needed to be seen. Right. And so then that's when I transferred my care. And um, with the new OB I went through, I felt very seen, even though we didn't always see eye to eye in the interventions or the lack of interventions right. that I wanted. Yeah. It was still an open conversation. Right. She never made it seem like, no, we're taking that off the table. Right. And um, I think that had to do with my inner work of feeling confident in my voice and in my truth of what I wanted. And everything that I was asking for felt true to true to me mm-hmm. and not, um, I think with my first birth, it's like, oh, I want it, but do I? And just not as sure of myself. So didn't know how to advocate right. properly for myself. Yeah. And you really stepped into your power in that way. And, and even outside of like, you know, requesting certain things or advocating for yourself in, in certain ways, um, just based on your, your own intuition, you had a good evidence base behind yes. you know what what you were requesting and wanting and advocating for yes. you know and and you know to know something intuitively is one and to also be able to back it up you know yes. with, with resources and information is yes. is wonderful i think the biggest um intervention that i felt strongly about that my provider felt just as strongly against <laughs> what I wanted was the intermittent monitoring right. and oh just the research that I had done you know how it can just bring us a, a sense of fear of you're, you're like micro hyper watching Absolutely. the contractions the the heart rate and it's it's part of the process for everything to ebb and flow and when you're hyper monitoring it I just feel like it just brings in more cause for interventions, Absolutely. which just has this waterfall effect of right. needing more interventions. The more you look for something, the more you'll find it. Yes, you know? mm-hmm. exactly. And so I had found, you know, a lot of research done in, in Europe about the reasons why they don't use continuous fetal monitoring. Right. And, and being, um, you know, a VBAC candidate, it was hot, 
quote unquote hospital policy to have this continuous monitoring. And so that was the biggest conversation I would, I would feel between my provider and myself. It got brought up multiple times. And then at the last conversation I said, you know, and so what would happen if I just showed up and said no and refused it? Cause it's my body right. and it's my right. And then she was kind of like, well, then I guess they couldn't do it. <laughs> she was, didn't know how to respond. Right. I mean, because they, there yeah. is nothing that they can do. And, you know, to clarify, it was, it was that you didn't want any monitoring. Yes. You know, it wasn't even that, because typically with VBOX, what we see is like consistent fetal monitoring. And yes. so it was like, no, don't even want intermittent. I want none. Yes. You know? And because I knew that the biggest pain management for me was water. Right. And you can't exactly. have this monitor if you're in the shower or exactly. in, you know, they have birthing suites with the tub. But I mean, that's closed off because of so many other reasons. Right. But <laughs> like the shower was my saving grace in pain. It yes. really was. And I knew that from my first birth because I would just constantly go into the shower at my house until the heat ran out. Right. And and I, I let her know that. And for me, my mindset was going to be my biggest asset mm-hmm. of being able to stay calm, mm-hmm. to stay safe. And if I'm feeling claustrophobic and all of these things connected to me, I'm not going to be able to sink into just the space of nothingness. Right. And then um, that's what I let her know. Like my mindset is also going to be what helps me get through the pain to, to have a no intervention right. birth, you know, and, um, and so then that was kind of where we left that yeah. off. <laughs> and it was, it, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, that, that throughout the prenatal care experience, I mean, I, I think, I hope that she also learned a lot, you mm-hmm. know, from, from you and from your advocacy and felt inspired by that as well and, and confident in you because of the way that you advocated yeah. for yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think the other big, the big thing for me was I didn't want cervical checks. Right. I knew that one, um, I had had an experience in this pregnancy with um, the ultrasound Mm -hmm. vaginal probe and it was very triggering for me. And so I knew that I wasn't going to want that. And she was just so confused on how they were going to be able to assess how far along I was in labor. And I had already done my like due diligence and I had asked in a community, has anyone ever been admitted to the hospital without having cervical checks. And I had many women reach Absolutely. out even at the hospital I was going to be at. And Absolutely. so I'm glad that I got that confirmation because right. then I let her know. I was like, well, actually it's been done before. Right. She's like, really? And I was like, and at this hospital, yeah. I was like, there's so many other signs, you know, you lose your mucus plug, how far apart your contractions are. You Absolutely. can tell when someone's laboring, Absolutely. how it sounds. Yeah. And, and she was just very, um, taken back that that was something that I was requesting. Right. And, uh, but in the end I ended up getting the cervical check, but it was because I felt safe for it. Yeah. Right. You wanted it. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, let's, let's sink into the (laughs) the story. Yeah. Um, where do you even begin? It's, it's a long intro journey. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, the prodromal labor. It was. And I feel like, it didn't it was almost like my whole being felt at peace the weekend before it all started and i remember texting you yeah. 
of this sense of peace just washed over me and I'm ready whenever she's ready. Yes, I remember. And it was like, it was the most, I couldn't even describe the amount of presence I had with my family. I feel like with the almost like little hurdle that Jeremy and I had to get over to feel emotionally safe and have this foundation for us to be able to go into labor and birth. Right. And with William, I was just soaking in every moment. Like this might be our last weekend as a family of three. This might be our last family walk. This might be the last (laughs) time I say goodbye to you as a family of three before you go to school. And it just felt so grounding to just soak in every single moment. And then there was a shift. I felt the shift from my contractions being more in my upper like belly and it, they they dropped down mm-hmm. and I could feel it and I was having to bring more intention when I would have them mm-hmm. and it was I went into nesting mode on steroids I was on my hands and knees cleaning <laughs> bathrooms and like how do I even have this energy yeah. to like <laughs> clean these nooks and crannies and I'm like oh yes it's, this is Something coming comes through. over you right <laughs> <laughs> I was just like getting all the ducks in a row like mm-hmm. it was Yes, it really felt, it just felt of the flow. It felt very um, like the process was happening and I was just flowing with it and surrendering to it. And then I even, uh, my dad and stepmom came over to have a little pre-Christmas because we knew that I was not going to be ready to be in a space with Christmas. And so we had a little Christmas dinner. And even during the dinner, I would like, be like breathing through contractions right. and I remember that night telling Jeremy after we put William down I was like I think we need to go into our birth space and set our intentions mm-hmm. and so it was it was really beautiful we lit the candle we prayed together I we set that. the intentions and you know the weeks prior leading to this this the birth space or not the birth space the labor space that I set up in my home with the twinkle lights yeah, and so beautiful the pictures that I felt um really magnified the intention that I was bringing the presence that I wanted and then allowing my birth affirmations to slowly be birthed. Yeah. Even up until like the week before, I remember they were just slowly coming and I would create them and they would have a special place on my wall. And it just, it felt so divine. It was, it, it was, you know, and uh, just, with the lights and as you mentioned like the photos and these photos you know representations of you you know full full goddess form right and also just these these women these people you know who have you know brought in just divine energy and spirit and and blessed this experience for you there and then to have those interwoven with these affirmations i mean it was um what a powerful focal point for Mm -hmm. you and and Mm -hmm. way of creating space yeah you know and then, and then just having my mother blessing mm-hmm. energy yes. at my mother blessing. And for those of you who don't know what a mother blessing is, is instead of having a traditional baby shower, I chose to have the focus on me in this rite of passage and having women that are so sacred, important to me in a space where I can feel supported. Yes. And we, we made, um, we made a, a bracelet where each person brought a special bead to it and we they shared their intention as they wove it onto my bracelet. And so I was able to to bring that intention of 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 their prayers for me yes. 
and allow myself to actually be mothered and supported because yeah. I feel like so much of my life I've I've been the mother to others and yes. so many and um it felt uncomfortable and vulnerable to even ask for that kind of space because it's so uncommon it is and I remember my mother-in-law saying like what why don't more women have this and we, we need to do this for every person who's gonna give birth and it should be. It, it should be. I mean, it's an ancient practice, right? Yeah. But, but we've come away from it, you know? And yeah. it's like, you know, traditional baby showers, you yes. know, consumerism, all the things, yes. right? Which, which is okay, right? It's, a, it's an opportunity to get what you need for, for baby. Yeah. But there's there's true value in, in having that collective, that community, mm-hmm. just sharing that that love and wisdom, Yeah. you know, as you get ready to embark on a deep and, and internal journey. Yes. You know? and, and it really is. It's such a, a rite of passage. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, like, of course, as a doula and as support people, like, we're here on the outside with you, you know, we're, we're holding this space for you on the outside. But labor and delivery is truly a journey that you travel inward and you travel alone, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how much support you have on the outside. It yes. is a journey within. So it it's is. a nice, the mother blessing is a nice way to be able to take some of just, again, like that wisdom and love and bring it inward into mm-hmm. to your own journey. Mm-hmm. And at the end of my mother blessing, we each lit a candle and even um, some people like virtually came in and we had sent candles to them. And, and so it just felt so powerful that I knew that when I needed that to be re-harnessed, my sister would send out the text message to relight those candles in yes. just the right moment that I needed it. And I remember that night that we set our intentions and then I went to bed or, you know, tried to go to yes. sleep <laughs> and I could, I could just feel it. And so the next morning I, I'm up at like, I don't know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and I just start cooking. I'm yeah. like, I want fresh bone broth. Yes. <laughs> I want a soup to have for myself. You know, after I give birth, I'm just like preparing the meals and then William wakes up and Jeremy's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't sleep. I have this energy just flowing through me. I feel so alive. The baby's going to come soon. And he's like, well, should I go to work? And I'm like, I don't know. Should you? And I was like, wait, no, I don't, I don't feel like that ready. Yes. You should go to work. And, and so then it's like, we went about our day and then the next night came. And that's really when I woke up in the middle of the night feeling the contractions so powerful. And I wanted to just have a little bit of moment to myself. And so I went into the labor space and, you know, labored through the contractions and really what helped me get through each contraction was I felt each one as such a clearing. Mm -hmm. I would go with my third eye to my womb into this pain and see this golden white light being cleared out my womb. And I would just roar it out on my exhales and every contraction felt like this clearing of all of the pain and trauma that I've stored in my womb. And it felt this like healing ritual. And the divine knew that I was going to need days of this, apparently, (laughs) to fully cleanse. (laughs) And then I was ready for Jeremy and I woke him up. And um, that's when I texted you, letting you know that how far apart they were. We Mm -hmm. started timing them. And then I let my aunt know who lived close by that, you know, we might, and we might be transferring to the hospital by morning time because she was going to be there until uh, my mother-in-law got there to be with William. And then I felt 
I felt like they were getting so you close had, together. You had regular peaking contractions. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I want to say that they were every five minutes, lasting for a minute. Um, and, you know, I would say you manage, like, like the intensity wasn't quite at a place where it was unmanageable for mm-hmm. you, though. I think that mm-hmm. was my only cue to not say that, yeah. that it was time, you know, yeah. to, to go. Is, yeah. And so that's, you know... You, there are so many factors, like you said, that In influence. Yeah. yeah, that influence <sighs> when somebody's you know cervix yes. is dilating, when when labor, active labor yeah. is imminent, right? Um, but yeah, you had a beautiful contraction pattern. Yeah, and so that that is when I asked you to come over, yeah. and I remember, I think like William had woken up and Jeremy stepped out, and it was just me and you for mm-hmm. a brief moment, and um, the song on my phone on the playlist that I had created came on of a song that I just had been singing to her mm-hmm. the whole pregnancy. And it was like this mantra for us to like dance our way together, to bring her down. And it was like this divine moment between our souls of yeah. I'm ready for you. I'm going to get out of your way and I'm going to let you do the dancing mm-hmm. and I'm just going to flow with your needs and what you need. And it felt like I, my heart opened, like I'm ready. And I remember just as the night went on, they slowly started to taper further and further apart. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, what? What's happening? <laughs> what? That felt so intense. I felt so ready. Yes. And I remember you suggested going to go rest on the couch. And then I think that my body was like, oh, rest. Let's even put them further apart. Mm-hmm. And I just allowed myself to rest and I could just hear, you know, Jeremy and you like figuring out the plan for the day, but I was not even like focused. I was just sinking in. And then I remember you asking me if I felt okay for you to go home and to get some rest to see like where it led and it felt right. It felt okay. I knew Jeremy was going to go to work as Mm -hmm. well, but my aunt was there to just kind of keep holding space for me. Right. And I just tried to stay grounded in that space of readiness Mm -hmm. and surrender, tried to nourish myself. Mm -hmm. I remember just going on walks behind my house. There's a beautiful path of just being in nature. And Jeremy would go with me and we would just go on walks and try to continue our life as normal as possible. And then, you know, Rita came in to continue to just like take over like she had meals prepared and she was cooking for us just you know giving love to William the way he needed yeah. and and so I think that was like Wednesday night mm-hmm. or like now Thursday morning right. I knew I had a chiropractic appointment yes. I was like okay that's gonna help me like sink in yes. and I remember my aunt so this is before Rita got there. My aunt drove us. And while I was there, I had two or three contractions and they were full blown. And I remember Dr. Alex being like, I thought that you were going to go into labor <laughs> right after our appointment. <laughs> and so I got adjusted and it felt, it felt better. I felt like I got realigned and yes. I could sense the way that she was, that she dropped differently. Right. And so that felt good. And so that was Thursday. And I think I, I obviously I stayed connected with you and yes. we were trying to talk through other interventions. Mm-hmm. I think that we had acupuncture. Yes, right? talked about the <laughs> acupuncture. I think that afternoon. Right, right. And then 
every time we planned something, it was like the only opening was late in the evening. Yeah. And that's so when your body would pick up. Yes. Naturally, oxytocin levels yes, rise. You know, it as really the sun did. Sets. Yes. I'm on cue. Yes. Like 4 p.m. <laughs> it just picked up, and I was like. The acupuncture appointment was like 40 minutes away. I was like sitting in traffic. This does not feel right. Yeah. I remember we left and then we like turned around and like, came back. Me. I was like, no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> and I remember we like parked. I said, like, let's just go for another walk. And so Jeremy and I are going for a walk and I'm feeling them pick up. And it just felt like, okay, tonight might be the night. Right. And Every night, I just allowed myself to surrender and seek in. And the I remember the contractions picking back up around the same time in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. And each night, I would go into my space alone, have some solitude. And mm-hmm. then when I needed support, I would wake up Jeremy. And mm-hmm. we would just continue this pattern of working through. It's a dance. Yeah, yeah. And then Friday, I'm like, I don't even, was yeah. it Friday? Friday morning. Yeah, yes. Friday morning, it felt different. Well, it felt really exhausting by Friday morning. Of course. That is been. when I had felt like, how, can I go Can I go on this much further? Right. And then I remember texting my sister. I'm like, please activate the prayer chain. I need everybody's support. Right. I need to feel their love around me. And I did. It was like this instant blanket of comfort just like wrap around me. That's amazing. Yeah. Too. And just trying to sink into that. So many spaces. Yeah. And I think Friday evening was when we were going to schedule a prenatal massage to see if that could help my body just relax. But of course, the opening was like 4 p.m. again. (laughs) And then by the time that came around, it just, my body was not in a space to receive. And so it, it really was sinking in and just allowing my body to do what it meant to do mm-hmm. and i know i remember you saying like i have hesitation to give these suggestions because it is going to be your body's journey of right. of sinking in i mean and that's the thing right like if we're thinking about you know quote unquote natural induction methods like then nothing works unless your body's really ready right yes. like this is something that's going on on a hormonal level like this is you know an intimate you know experience between you and baby yeah. and so it's like you know we can talk about all the things right and do all the things yeah. but if your body's not ready you just won't receive it. and not even just your body but the your divine mind. timing yes, everything the astrological the yeah. way the stars are meant to be in the sky to you open know. up this portal <laughs> you know <laughs> it all has to be aligned <laughs> and so yes friday night we're back in our rhythm yes. of, of working through those contractions and just feeling like i hadn't gotten sleep in days you know because mm-hmm. even when they would taper off it was still 20 minutes apart right, so not deeply restful and restorative yeah. sleep yeah and i remember just trying my best to stay nourished yes. um, as much as i could because i knew i needed that and then saturday morning it was like the fatigue had gone to beyond yes. and i was like i don't know maybe i should just go to the hospital and get the epidural because i was just so exhausted by that point and i remember being on the phone with you (laughs) just talking through other alternative (laughs) alternative ways to find some pain management (laughs) and then i remember it was like during that conversation i felt things pick up i was hearing yeah i was hearing your voice change a little bit and i'm like you know (laughs) She, sometimes we want that relief because our body's like, we, we start to get into, you know, yes. more active labor transition and our yes. body's like, okay, it's game on. You and know? I remember 
that is when like I did have my full on bloody show. Yes. It was like, oh wow, like big shifts were yes. happening. My water still hadn't broken, thank goodness. Yes. Because with 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 William, that was one of the things is my water had broken so early mm-hmm. that that was another thing that was the domino effect of my sure. C-section. But I was so grateful that I still had my my water bag intact. intact and and then I remember like sharing like yes please just come over even if it's not time i just need your support to like be here Mm -hmm. and then it was like this shift happened and my contractions were coming on so quickly that jeremy was like i think we need to pack for the hospital and i was like don't leave my side (laughs) don't leave me and so he would like wait and like help me work through a contraction and i remember being on the birthing ball and in the shower at this point because i was like the relief that i was getting and then he would like run and I could like hear him scrambling to get things like packed up. I mean, we had already had our bags packed, yeah. but you know, just getting the things Two situated. Two to three minute intervals yes. that yes. you could. And then I remember him being like, should we wait for Rachel? Like, I think yeah. I mean, she might need to just meet us there. But then like you happen to show up at yeah. that exact moment. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, I just needed you. And it was a really, I mean, it was a, the spirits in the home space were so light. You yeah. know what I mean? Like despite having been laboring for days which is hard you know yeah. prodromal labor is is very hard you know the spirits still in the space were light you know it was very there was just so much love in the space you know even just stepping in as you know an outsider to come in and of course i go right in and like do my job but it, it was it was just comforting it was yeah. light in there it was happy yeah. you know like it there felt was so like much it. love yes i remember like Rita just cooking and exactly, pre- getting our meals prepared yes. and William just ever so often coming and checking on me and yeah. just giving me that love. Yeah. And don't forget the doggy do us. Oh, yes. <laughs> <Could> we forget. <laughs> Maple was like in the yeah. background, but Max just, he did not leave my side. He was so present the he, whole time. He really, you know, I, I one time heard that animals are here to absorb our pain. And I feel like that's what he was trying to do. He was, he, he needed to be in that space yeah. with you. He wasn't going to have it any other way. Yes. Yes. Like he, he did not leave my side. Yeah. And he was just there every every moment of the contractions. And I remember even being when I was in the bathroom, he would like be trying to yeah. find his way in. Bless his heart. He's oh, he's in my life for a reason, yes, for sure. And um, I think when you got there, I was like, I think we should go to the hospital. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to be in that space. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I hadn't been there long enough or seeing your contraction pattern long enough, you know. And so I was like, well, let, like, let's see what the next couple contractions do, yeah. you know, whatever. And then I think, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't even need a full hour. Like, it's a couple contractions. It's time. It's time. We were, like, in the bathroom, right, yes. getting ready to go. And I was like, I just really hope we make it now. <laughs> it was just like, like I know. I remember thinking when we got in the car, why did I pick a hospital so far away? But I knew I wanted a ho- – I specifically chose the hospital. They're more progressive. Right. And, um, I, I yeah. And honestly, as, as long as it felt like to get there – it was in that transition. I was playing the hypnobirthing track, and I was playing it throughout throughout the nights of, of of laboring. But it was something about transferring from the house to the hospital that I sunk into that track so deeply that I feel like I became a part of it. That's good. And um, there was a spot that I every time it did tell me to envision when you're in nature. There's a spot that. 
I've probably spent other lifetimes here because it felt like I didn't even have to think of it. It was just, I was there. I'm on this cliff and there's just waves and it's like this green pasture and my birth setting is like right there. And that was the peace that I cultivated in the transfer of being there. I just felt like I wasn't even here and it made the contractions almost feel painless if that's even like possible because in that, that moment I was, I was not here. I was in multiple dimensions. I was bringing our baby soul down and, and I, I, I felt it. I felt, um, I felt the portal open in that, that drive over. I hear that a lot about the the commute really for, and and especially with hypnobirthing like having the track on in the car I've, I've heard that from you know a number of people so i don't know it's it's the change of setting maybe it's the lack of other coping mechanisms maybe to where you really do have to rely on the power of, of the mental yeah. you know because yeah. you can't move around as much rock yeah. as much but it's powerful and and too just the intention of like okay now i'm moving into my birthing space yeah yeah, yeah. and i think leading up I almost dreaded the car ride Mm -hmm. initially because I was like what if that takes me out of my space Mm -hmm. what if I'm not able to to sink in and then like I start closing up you know this the fear but it really was it was such a powerful a powerful time and space yeah I think you were far enough along too in your labor journey to where you know your body was going to keep doing what it was doing yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know regardless yeah so (laughs) And then the timing of, you know, you getting there before us so that Jeremy could drop me off and, you know, I could have your support as soon as we walked into, into the admitting, what is that called? Triage. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, it's so wild that they expect you to be in triage by yourself and not have a support person. (laughs) And I remember you being like, it's in her birth, her birth plan for her to have her support person. And then I remember like Jeremy getting there and y'all switching out right. and the nurse asking if I wanted to have a cervical check and I hesitated and Jeremy's like, maybe this is just the space you need to, to overcome this hump. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I remember like laying down and telling her like I'm practicing consent, which is something that I kept doing every appointment right. that I was going to have a cervical check. I said, I'm practicing consent. I need you to um, go slow. I need to take the lead. I need you to tell me where your hands are. And um, this is something that I've been doing with uh, my pelvic floor therapist, Holly, is she'll cup my yoni and I just sink into her presence and energy before proceeding. And so I told the nurse, I was like, I need you to cup my yoni. She's like, I don't know what a yoni is. I've never (laughs) heard that before. I need you to cut my vulva. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it was, it was the most consensual exam that I've ever had. She went so slow, but yet fast enough between the contractions. Right. It just, it felt, it felt so safe yeah. and I felt so heard. Um, honestly, when I got to triage, I've never, and I had had to go to triage a few times mm-hmm. in my pregnancy. I had never felt such a, a sense of um, consent and validation and my needs being heard and seen. And that was exactly the energy that I would pray over multiple times during the pregnancy. I would um, not envision, but I would hold space for my, the energy of my birth and I would send it Reiki and healing. 
and simultaneously healing my previous birth while bringing new like energy into and I felt that I felt that presence of myself like sending that love because I I've never felt such a more beautiful hospital encounter I I really could not have like planned the beautiful people that were I was encountering I agree and she it I mean I came in obviously after that but I did see the nurse and it almost seemed like she like it was she almost like it was like her honor to to do that you know what I mean like it wasn't like a, a bother to do it in any way it was almost like she she was grateful that you advocated for your needs and like you know explain to her kind of how you wanted that situation mm-hmm. like she seemed deeply moved by it also yeah. and then uh a few days later i did have to go back to triage again and she was there and she was like you rocked that labor Aww. and it was like so like yes <laughs> i feel seen yes <laughs> yes i did <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate yeah. that and, and I happened to be eight centimeters. And yes. I think that was the confirmation that I needed. I'm like, For okay, sure. I'm so far along. I got this. Yes. And then I think I remember after that, they asked about the hip lock. Yeah. And um, Jeremy's like, remember we talked about that you would <laughs> you would do that? And then I don't know who suggested, maybe upstairs. I'm like, yes, let's do it upstairs. Uh, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember telling you when we get upstairs, please get the shower on immediately. Yes. I need to go into that space. Yeah. And... It, um, I just had the tunnel vision of the shower. I don't even remember like what was done. I just remember like getting in the shower and sinking into that space and it being like sitting on the birthing like chair in the shower. And then when I had to like actually have my contraction, I don't know who it was, they would pull it out yes. and then I would sink down and someone was holding my hips. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all, y'all were working so like perfectly to not even like for me, for y'all to just know exactly what I needed. And it was, it was, I felt like we were so in sync yeah. with each other. You communicated well. I mean, you know, in transition, of course, you're, you're, you know, peak hormones, right? And so yeah. you enter that labor land where, like you mentioned, sort of tunnel vision, like what do I need to get myself through this yeah. right now? But, it, and, and sometimes that can make communicating your needs very difficult. And to as much as we can as labor support people, we yeah. try and take initiative, you know, do, yeah. do what we know will help or what we think will help, right? But you also were just such a good advocate for yourself and communicated, you know, your, your needs and desires so well throughout the experience, mm. you know, mm. when, it, when you needed to. Yeah. And that's so valuable. Yeah. And I remember, like, being in the shower and feeling like, oh, okay, I think she's going to come soon. And for some reason I was like, I don't want to give birth in the shower. And mm-hmm. so we walked to the bed mm-hmm. and I remember being on the bed, trying to get comfortable. I was, I had a, I guess a vision of how I was going to be like laboring using the bed and it just was not working out. Yeah. I only wanted to be in the squatting position, right. which my body was so sore after. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> That's the only way that it felt good for her to like be continuing to descend. and. Sense. I remember like squatting on the side of the bed and you saying, reach down to see if you can feel her. And I was like, oh my God, I can feel her head. (laughs) And like, I was like, oh my God, I got this. And it was like this burst of like energy. And then my water broke. (laughs) And little did I know that that was the water bag and not her head. And and then I think that felt a little discouraging. I'm like, wait, she feels different. I don't. And then I tried to like reach in. I didn't feel her again. And I think that, I got in my head a little bit and I remember thinking I and I saying I want an epidural and I think it was 
in hindsight, reflecting, it was like this fear because in my birth with William, I hadn't met this threshold. Right. I hadn't passed this yet. And it was like the fear of like, can I do this? Like, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. And and then I remember the nurse who was felt like she was not in there that often. Yeah. She asked, like, do you want me to check you? And I was like, you know what? Yes. And then it was not like cut my own. I'm like, just do it. Yeah. At this point, just right. like do it, please. Yes. I remember her being like, she's a face. Like, she, mm-hmm. like you got this. Like, you're almost there. Yeah. And, and then I, that's when I – I remember like you suggesting, do you want to go back to the shower? And I think that's just what my body needed just to walk again. Mm-hmm. And I watched the shower and almost instantly she was crowning. Yes. And I think at that point, was it just me and you at mm-hmm. first? And I felt her crowning. And I think that's when you asked, like, do you want me to get anybody? And yeah. I was like, no, this, this feels good. <laughs> yeah, you were squatting. Yeah. It was also just such nice ambiance, I think, in, in the shower and the bathroom because it's like you can close the door, you can turn the lights off. Yeah. They had the tea lights. Like, you know, um, the shower curtain was open at this mm-hmm. point, you know, and I was kind of further away from you, more towards the door, just kind of crouching down. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a lot of hands-on support at that time. You know, it was mostly just space holding and yeah. you, you were rocking it out yourself. I think what's interesting, there was a big shift too when I was like, what does it look like to like be quiet during yes. pushes or like to yes. instead of like vocalize yes. this power to instead like use this power to like breathe your baby down and i think there was like a big shift just in like your power Mm -hmm. like the power behind your pushing yeah because i feel like the power of like getting out of your way and allowing these guttural noises to come through felt so healing of the the throat chakra Mm -hmm. but then it was it was like the shift of like every noise that i made I felt like was leaking energy almost. Mm -hmm. And then when you made that suggestion, it was like I was able to sink in and everything else just disappeared. Yeah. It was quite remarkable to, you know, witness from the outside and, and, you know, to just be there as a space holder for that because, you know, it was quiet. Yeah. But, but, um, and, you know, you would kind of look upward and it was like, I almost just had this like visualization of you like grabbing your baby from the stars. Like it was, was. so powerful. And um, yeah, and that's when I was like, I wasn't quite sure, you know, I, I knew you were pushing, but I wasn't quite sure, you know, what everything was. And I was like, oh, I think I see her baby's head. <laughs> I think that's a head. And that's when I asked you, like, yes. would you like me to get the care providers? And like, I don't think that you verbally said no, but you looked me dead in the eyes and you shook your head no. And I was like, you're the boss. <laughs> and I felt like I had been pushing, like that pushing urge for a long time. Right, right. And it was this shift of the quiet. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wasn't there. Yeah. And everything else disappeared. And it felt like I literally just traveled and grabbed her. And was like, it's time. Yes. And it's like she was waiting there because her soul had been in our sphere for over a year. Jeremy and I both had dreams of her. We woke in the middle of the night hearing mom being called out and William being dead asleep. And so it just felt like this divine time. Like, I'm ready for you. Yes. And I brought her down. And then I remember that, like, I I don't even know, like, 
simultaneously when all this is happening. But I remember Jeremy coming in and being like, is that her head? <laughs> and I, <laughs> he looked right at me and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to get the doctor. <laughs> and I think I remember you checking in like, is that okay yes, with you? Of course. Yeah. And I remember like thinking, yes, yeah. my birth is meant to have it, the providers yes. here because if it wasn't, it wouldn't have been as powerful to share. Couldn't agree more. And and then it was like a split second. Everyone like, I don't even know where everyone they just came like, from. Yeah, there was like your provider, <laughs> a nurse, a baby nurse. <clears throat> I want to say there were like four or five people all of a sudden just like coming into the space. Yes, and them demanding for me to get out and like wanting to turn the water they off. They flipped the lights on right away. Yes, and I remember like your energy went from this nurturing, like loving to this fierce, like, no. And I remember like hearing your voice saying she has the legal right to birth wherever she wants. I'm like, this is why I hired you. <laughs> like I like not even just needing to feel like I just knew I could just stay where I was. Absolutely. I didn't even have to bother with the noise yeah. and the outside. And yeah. I think that's so important why people need someone, an outside yeah. person like a doula to advocate. Because honestly, I was telling Jeremy, I felt like I never once had to vocalize my birth plan. It was like everyone magically knew right. because you had you had shared and, you know, done done your magic. And and I remember like saying, I, I'm I'm not gonna get out. Can you please turn the water back on? Mm-hmm. And then it, it got quiet again. And the doctor just sat there and I remember her saying, I'm gonna let you do what you need to do, but if I tell you to lay back, you just need to follow my lead. And I was like, okay and I just had my hand there like feeling her head mm-hmm. and I remember I kept standing up because it just like the reprieve and everyone was not having that yeah. <laughs> and it was I sunk in I got out of the way I opened my like whole being I felt like this vortex of like energy like flowing through me mm-hmm. and we I I brought her down and we danced our way and she came out. I caught her and it was like, you're here. Like, welcome, right up to your chest. welcome home. Yes. Like, I'm here. It's mama. We did it. I remember like looking at Jeremy and being like, I just did. I did it. I did that. Like the power of yourself to be able to just bring life onto earth first created yeah and then yes it's so powerful and magical and i remember like walking out into the bed laying there like holding her just like we just did that like that just happened there was a lot of joy so much you know joy is wow wow, the best emotion to be able to feel and it was like yeah, just standing up from the shower and just walking, <laughs> immediately giving birth, walking, carrying your baby yes. to the bed. It was just, it was elation. Yes. I, everyone was elated. Yes. You know? And then just, oh, like her latching, first try. She was ready. <laughs> she was like, thank you, yes. I'm here. And just soaking it in, you and Jeremy, like pointing out the full moon. Yes. And I had had a dream on like Monday that she, I was telling my sister, I can't go to this, uh, this ritual because my baby's coming on the full moon. And 
it's like, why didn't I listen to that message stronger? You know, like she told me she was coming on the full moon. It was so beautiful out the window. I mean, it was almost like it was just right there just for for us. The showcase of the moon right here. It was so beautiful. And the the doctor respecting my wishes of eight minutes of delayed cord clamping. Mm -hmm. She couldn't even get any blood out when she tried afterwards. I'm like, that's the way it should be. And then getting to cut the cord myself Mm -hmm. and making that a little ritual of, you know, showing gratitude for this connection from my body to my baby and so powerful for you to be the one to sever that yeah and I never thought about that oh it's so powerful yeah yeah nobody else that's yours yes and it's funny because Jeremy has never wanted to do that and he he's so intuitive but at first I was like why don't you want to do that you want some random person and then like you made the suggestion of like me doing I'm like why didn't I think of that yes that should be my honor to to do that right. to sever this tie you know right. physically energetically like right. i heard like, as you move into a different tie yes yes exactly you know now i'm going to provide this space out for you outside of my body right. in this earth and right. and then i remember the doctor asking if i was like ready to, for her to examine mm-hmm. for tears and everything just you know being on my terms mm-hmm. on my timeline and I remember, um, like, I did have tears, like, her asking if she could stitch them. Mm-hmm. And then just having this sense of, like, wanting to see my yoni mm-hmm. in my sacred space that just brought my baby here and asking for the mirror and them, like, trying to discourage me. And I was like, no, I want to see it. They're like, you're going to be swollen. I'm like, of course I am. Yeah. Like, of course she's going to be swollen. Right. And just seeing her and, like, like so much gratitude like you just provided such a portal of of beauty and life and thank you the ultimate portal oh that thank was you a truly remarkable moment for me too practicing as a doula i mean because you know i will say like in younger versions of my doula self like i've even you know based on rhetoric that i've heard of like hey like don't don't bring a mirror down there for a little while you know yeah. like there's just this rhetoric of like yeah you know we have this like relationship to our yoni to like or ex- expectations that it looks a certain way or is you know and and that it's going to be you know raw and and yeah. all of these things it's not going to look the way that you've seen it all of these years like so i feel like for me to see you just reclaiming that experience and like just honoring and like loving you know your body your yoni in such a divine way it was like wow i mean because of course it's so beautiful like you said it's the ultimate portal right yeah. and and this is it in its glory right yes. and this is it in its journey towards healing as well yeah you know yeah it was very powerful and just you giving the gratitude towards it and how i felt like your yoni your body just really received that gratitude yeah. because it had it's been such a a journey you know cultivating a relationship with her and having to you know work through the shame that's been conditioned to us and you know feel safe to touch her and look at her and honor her and love her and talk to her later you know what I mean I feel like there was one point in the shower where you were meeting a wall you know a metaphorical wall of Mm -hmm. course and and maybe feeling some doubt or whatever as we work through maybe after your water broke or something it's like hey and, you know, offer the reminder, like, have you checked in with your yoni? Like, yeah. have you talked to her? Yeah. You know, and then just hearing you, like, speak to her. And yeah. it was was so powerful. I remember as the days were, cl- like, 
nearing and I got my last birth affirmation. I don't remember what it was, but I remember texting you and saying like, she gave me this message that if I meet a wall, that this is like, yes, that's like, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like to check in and like tell her it's, oh, I remember like it's safe or something about being safe. Yes. Like it's safe to open it's up. It's safe to open. Exactly. It's safe to open. Yeah. That was because of all the years of not listening to her, her being so closed, like that is her defense mechanism. Absolutely. And it's safe to open. Yeah. It's safe to open and receive. Like it just, I could not, I, I, I know I already said it, but I could not have tried to envision a more hands-off birth in a hospital. Yeah. I even just think about that doctor and it wasn't even your obstetrician, right? It was the on-call physician. And the way that she, you know, of course she was like all suited up, like, you know, <laughs> ready for the splash zone and everything. But, but the way she just kind of knelt down next to the shower and crossed her arms across her own body mm-hmm. was very, was really be- quite beautiful to see. Cause it's like, of course, this is probably atypical for this healthcare provider, yeah. right? But she sunk into the space and, you know, she could have still been more hands-on, like yeah. still had her hands like ready yeah. to, to, but she didn't, she sat, she kind of crossed her arms in front of her. It was a very, she very much took this like, wait, see, respect, mm-hmm. um, you know, stance. And I admired that. I think just the divine timing of every personnel that we encountered is is a testament to um, the vision, the the space that I was praying for yes. and creating, you know, in my in my being. Because I remember getting there at triage and you mentioning that there was a certain doctor there. Yes, and you're like. I'm just letting you know, we're going to advocate for it. You're going to get exactly what you want, but it might take more voice, more advocating. And I'm like, okay, okay. And there was a shift change at five o'clock and she was born at 542. (laughs) Like how divine, how divine, you know? It is incredible. And it, it just, I know that sometimes giving birth outside of a hospital isn't in the means for everybody or a possibility for everybody especially based on where you live right yeah. does medicaid cover it does, yes is your insurance cover yes. it? yes right yeah do you have the and resources outside of that i think that this birth was you know um what is the word i'm looking for like a proponent of what's possible testament you know? yeah. yeah yes True exactly testament. it's a, it is you know and it it's something that we talked a lot about prenatally, you know, when, when you had this desire to birth outside of the hospital, you know, and Jeremy was had his reservations about it, you know, something that I would keep mentioning is like, you can birth however you want, yes. regardless of the situation or setting. It just requires a different level of advocacy. Yeah. Yeah. But you can have whatever birth you want, mm-hmm. regardless of the setting. Yeah. And I remember even going in a few days later after triage, because some of my stitches had come and... Yeah. Jeremy was very adamant that he's like, please just go get them checked. Yes. Like, Peace of mind. And I'm like, I thank you for caring so much about my Yoni. <laughs> and um, the same doctor happened to be there. Yeah. And she said like, well, first I, I said like, thank you for allowing me to have that kind of birth. Like I've been on cloud nine. Yes. And she was like, that is a birth that I will truly never forget. Yes. She was like, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, I've never had a birth like yes. that. And it was it was atypical. It but is. That is what birth is. When you just get out of the way, 
It is, you know, in most cases, right? It, it, yes. it is, you know, birth unfolds in, in you know, in, in such a physiologic way, right? Yeah. And it's a shame that healthcare providers, um, you know, specifically obstetricians are not necessarily trained in physiologic birth. Exactly. And how to um, have the conversations around certain healing that should be done before birth. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like with my first birth, I had such a lack of awareness about what my womb space holds right. and how it was it was truly blocked right. energetically, physically. It was blocked from all the suppressed pain yes. that I had not been processing. Yeah. And then after I had him, it was this opening to right. this floodgates of grief and pain. And I think that's another reason why I spiraled so, so deep after having him and, you know, there needs to be having these discussions of what are the depths of you that you're not facing before before motherhood. And that's important to, to bring up as well. Of course. Both mentally, you know, spiritually and physically. I mean, you have to think pregnancy for a large population is one of the only times in, in, in their lives where they will seek routine health care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's about taking that opportunity to really address mental emotional spiritual wellness alongside you mm-hmm. know different of course mm-hmm. physical things that come up for pregnancy or even outside of pregnancy but it's a that nurturing and that encouragement to you know go in and, and figure out what we're holding figure out our emotional depths process what we need to process pregnancy is an opportune time to do yeah. a lot of that healing yeah you know with the support of a healthcare provider yeah and i, I think that for me that was just such a reason why getting it you know hiring a doula was a non-negotiable for jeremy and myself like he even said like anyone who's going to give birth i will advocate for them to put in the finances for a doula it's it's a non-negotiable it's you know it's so important to have that advocacy and you know you're you're the family should be able to focus on on the journey of Mm -hmm. of of childbirth in the same way you said you know i don't remember having to to advocate much for myself like that should be take it like your doula your support person should know your plan well enough to where you feel like you don't have to yeah right you know while we'll never speak on your behalf to to just have somebody to say hey here's what's on the birth plan or here's what we talked about yeah is that right yes you know and check in with you yeah um, for partners too, I mean, they, they sometimes step into that role, but it's also deeply emotional for them. You know, it's yeah. also their birth experience, yes. right? And so yeah. protecting their space and ability to really <clears throat> relax and sink into that experience and feel held. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a journey that, that, you know, no family should walk alone and it's nice to have that outward support. A million times. Thank you for oh. being Thank you. I mean, it was it was a really impactful birth experience for me, too. And, um, you know, it really did shape a lot of things afterwards for me. I mean, I I feel like just seeing you recognize your power throughout the the pregnancy and then to just truly realize your power through the labor and delivery experience was so motivating for me, both personally and professionally. And I was able to translate it just you know, that power and, and into some, you know, pretty significant life changes for myself. And I just, I gained so much, um, I was inspired to, to say the least. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still inspired and I am so grateful to be continuing these conversations because 
I want others to be inspired yes. by your story too. Can you just share your story before we <laughs> record it? Like that needs to be on here. <laughs> My, how you, how you feel. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I work as a, a consultant for group healthcare and I was traveling to New Jersey for, to work with the site, a clinic, uh, obstet- with an obstetrician at a family health center who, um, is implementing group prenatal care. And she's a, beautiful, just very beautifully spirited, um, physician practitioner Mm -hmm. and, uh, also um, teaches residents. So she has a huge resident clinic that she oversees. And, um, she was asking me, you know, she found out I was a doula, you know, I wear, wear a couple different hats. And so (laughs) I was like, yeah, my other, you know, my other side, I, I do doula work. And she was like, I'm so curious about this. She's like, you know, doulas have such an interesting relationship with obstetricians. And she said, um, why do you think that, some obstetricians don't like doulas. And I said, well, you know, I think it's complex. It's very nuanced. I said, but I think it's because doulas sometimes help, or doulas always, you know, help the help foster self-empowerment, mm-hmm. right? And this realization, you know, of, of our clients that, that they hold all of the power in their birth experience, that, you know, they have all of these childbearing rights that, that we feel like we don't have. And I said, and she says, huh, okay, could you give me an example? And that's when I shared your birth experience. And, and you know, I definitely gave her a condensed version. But, you know, when I was talking to her about you being in the shower and then the healthcare providers coming in, I mean, her jaw was literally on the floor. <laughs> you know, and this is a provider who's been practicing medicine for a good bit of time, you know, who teaches residents, you know, be residents who are going to be future, you know delivering providers and she was she said I would have no idea what to do in that situation she was and I you know she's like but like you wanted to make sure that the client was safe right asking me and I was like well of course you know we have the same goal you know in mind and she was like I literally would just have no idea I would be so afraid you know and and for her to say that and for her to realize that fear in her mm-hmm. of just not knowing how to allow physiologic birth to unfold. They're yeah. trained in the, um, in the, you know, medicalization of childbirth, right? And yeah. interventions. And so yes. to allow it to unfold without being hands off is, is hard. And so she, just her acknowledging that there was a fear there yeah. was really powerful for me too as a doula because I'm like, well, maybe it's not that these doctors just like only want medical interventions and have this like ulterior agenda that we sometimes, you know, yeah. feel is is wrong or harsh. Sometimes Maybe this is all stemming from their fear. Yeah. Right. The, of, of that. And it was funny the next day she was like, I went home and I talked to my husband about this. <laughs> and she's like, and, and we were just like shocked about this earth experience. I mean, it really made waves for her. So like I said, I, I want your birth experience to keep just being inspiring both to, you know, parents to be to doulas, but, yeah. but also to to the system as a whole, yes. to care providers, to be this light of what is possible you know, it is so possible, right? And in a micro level, it, it it impacts you know you because you have better birth experiences, better birth outcomes, mm-hmm. less trauma, right, mm-hmm. that you're carrying. But on a macro level, we have so many health disparities in this nation, especially as they relate to the childbearing year. 
what does it look like for people to feel empowered yeah. and birth their way? Yeah. How does that actually translate to, you know, the way that we we improve outcomes across the nation? Yeah. It's big picture. It is because I feel like a lot of people's solution is to just get out of the hospital. And like we mentioned, that's that might not be an option for everybody. You Why know, not? it's it's expensive giving birth outside of a hospital and it's not covered under insurance and not here in most Texas. insurances. Yeah. yeah. In some states it is, you know, in some yeah. states Medicaid covers it and That's you wild. know, yeah, and I'm so grateful for that. Like I, I think and I think that we'll start to see some trends yeah. coming from from yeah. Medicaid coverage of out of hospital births, but we'll start to see better birth and yeah. outcomes. I remember someone saying like <laughs> Texas is like the last state because you see east coast and west coast yes and then we're in the middle we like get it last like we're the last to get on the trims (laughs) i mean even with like nitrous oxide as a form of pain management and labor right which is a great form of like pain management and labor it's like it's been everywhere it's like an awesome it's like just come a little bit (laughs) we're just waiting (laughs) yes so um yeah i it is it is important for people to know that they have options yeah. outside of outside of um, out of hospital mm-hmm. setting to have the birth of their dreams i can't wait to share share this story and continue yeah. to share this story talking about it there's so much there's so much and i hope you know anybody who listens to this is also sharing this story right because each one reaches one yes exactly yeah yeah thank you thank you <laughs> i love talking about it <laughs> we just too. keep talking about it forever <laughs> i know so could i <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed that storytelling experience of my birth story. It was really magical and a beautiful experience that it will forever be etched in my heart and in my soul. And I'm grateful for myself for showing up. I'm grateful for the experience that I had of overcoming my mindset of having fear around my birth and overcoming that fear and that's something that i will be talking about next episode so make sure to tune in in two wednesdays about overcoming our fears and the wisdom in that and as always i'm so grateful that you chose to tune in i know there's so many expansive podcasts and social media outlets that you could be giving your energy to, and I am so grateful that you chose to sit here and cozy up with this story and exchange in this kind of energy. If this story inspired you in any way, please share with me on social media. I am at the awakened mama. Sorry. I am at dot. No, let's try that again. I am at the dot awakened.mama on Instagram or you can email me at lifereborn at jacquelinepage.com and all of these will be in the show notes and if this podcast inspires you please feel free to rate subscribe and review it the more engagement that it gets the more people that it's able to reach and share with me on social media show me in your stories what hearts resonated with you i'd love to share share your insights and share in this journey with you so from the bottom of my heart and being thank you so much for being here and i can't wait to dive in with you next time about overcoming our fears i'm sending you with 
so much gratitude, blessings, and love on your journey. Until next time.